TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Way back and gone! Touch them all! It's Touch Them All. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed saying Touch Them All. Oh, buddy, it is Touch Them All on the all new Score North on 1500 scorenorth.com. I'm Rami Makloff along with Derek Wetmore, Manny Hill, live from Kieran's Irish Pub for Twins Opening Day. We are streaming live in addition to being on those airwaves and on that stream at uh, Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. You can stream us all at all those outlets at SKOR North. You want to get in on the show, tweet us at SKOR North or give us a call. 651-646-8255. This is a holiday, boys. This is a <laughs> oh, yeah. holiday. You can feel it. It's in, the, it's in the air. I paid $25 for parking, and I don't even care. That's that's how much <laughs> I love opening day. I paid 25 bucks for parking, and I don't care. I'm happy to do it. I'm happy to be here at Kieran's Irish Pub and celebrating what is a great day every year. I don't care how good your team is. I don't care what your expectations are. You enjoy this day if you're a baseball fan, and really if you're an American. If you don't love opening day, you're (laughs) just un-American. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Well, and it's better when your team does have expectations. Right. Rami, you and I have talked about this a lot this winter. I think this Twins team has expectations. I think the Cleveland Indians being sort of the favorite in the AL Central. I know for a fact the Twins aren't backing down from that, but it should be a fun summer race this year, and I think that makes opening day even better. Manny, your feelings, your thoughts? I, I love this day. It is, I mean, aside from the postseason in baseball, like this is probably my favorite day of the baseball season because you really have 30 teams that go into this day with a little bit of optimism. Even the teams that a lot of people anticipate to not be very good, sure. that excitement of the season starting is always in the air. The, the, the sun is always out, it seems like, at every game that's played. It's like the weather is always typically perfect. I can't remember. I mean, it's kind of chilly. It is a little we bit chilly. We could use a roof here. today. I'm oh, just saying. No, God. No roofs, <laughs> Rami. No roofs. Have you seen this place next door? No I had to get roofs. that in there. I had to get that in it's there. It's funny because he says that there are hope springing eternal in all 30 camps. And just don't tell Kansas City Royals fans. <laughs> right. Or Detroit don't, Tigers fans yeah, right don't, now. Don't yeah, mention yeah. that to them on this day. That's okay. But it is, it is a really fun day of the year. And I think especially if you're a Twins fan, even though you know the Indians are kind of picked to be the the um, the front runner to win this division, I think Twins fans have reason to be optimistic of of a good season this year. I really do. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to my first season covering this team. And like you said, Derek, I think it does come with some expectations. If you listen to any of our baseball programming, this show, Five Thoughts, we now added the Glenn Perkins show. You can find all those shows. Just search Score North Twins wherever you download podcasts, or find the uh, Score North app available on Android and Apple. I have maybe higher expectations than a lot of people for this Twins team. I've picked them repeatedly on those shows I just mentioned to win the AL Central. And I, I, I mean that. This isn't a guy coming into town trying to win over Twins fans and, and make some friends. I mean that. I see an Indians team that is, that is ripe for the taking, you guys. I really do. And I think that this Twins team is one that's headed in the right direction. It's a brain trust that I, I trust to be uh, repetitive. Uh, when it comes to the Minnesota Twins with Falvey and Levine, and by the way, Twins president Dave St. Peter will be joining us out here at Kieran's Irish Pub at 1 o'clock. I, I feel like the arrow is pointing down with the Indians, pointing up for the Twins, and this is where these, those two teams intersect, and the Twins take the AL Central. I really do. 
Not to be lineup guy, but do you want the lineup? Do I want the lineup? It's opening day, Derek Wetmore. <laughs> Give me the lineup. Put I it in my might. veins, yeah. my friend. <laughs> I thought you might. Oh, man. I saw our good friend Judd Zulgads over at Target Field. He posted this just today. The Twins didn't share their lineup yesterday. A bit of mystery, a bit of intrigue, but we have it now. Batting leadoff is Max Kepler playing right field. Then you got Jorge Polanco, whose shoulder must be doing better following him. Mm-hmm. New guy Nelson Cruz batting third, DHing. Eddie Rosario, cleanup, CJ Crone, Marwin Gonzalez holding it down at third base. Jonathan Scope, your guy. My guy. From Milwaukee. Uh, Jason Castro's back this year. He's batting eighth. And Byron Buxton, all eyes will be on that number nine spot in the Twins batting order. Not only today, Rami, but throughout the rest of the season. And Rocco Baldelli talked about uh, yesterday, Judd was talking about this on Mackie and Judd with Rami, that they plan on keeping Byron Buxton in the bottom part of the batting order. I got to believe that he means until we're convinced that Byron Buxton (laughs) is a quality major league hitter because an analytics-driven team like the Minnesota Twins and a manager like Rocco Baldelli, they're not going to take the stubborn Ron Gardenhire approach of guys have spots in the batting order, and they stay in those spots in the batting order no matter what. You talk about it all the time, Derek, that the best way to construct a lineup, lineup construction in large is is overrated but the the one thing that is important in lineup construction is having your best hitters at the top of yes. the lineup so they get as many plate appearances as possible it's just math yes it's just math simple math here's what's great about it for the twins uh, look they're confident in Byron Buxton mm-hmm. and they sort of i wouldn't even say expect expect might be too strong of a word but they're certainly counting on Byron Buxton to reappear as that sort of star player okay so he starts ninth takes the pressure off hey Great. Go play a good center field. Great. I'm good with that. Go play a good mm-hmm. center field. You're going to get four plate appearances tonight. Doesn't matter where you're hitting. Do what you can when you get up to the plate. I don't want that pressure on him if I'm the Twins. And you look at the rest of the lineup, like, how high are you going to move him up? Uh, honestly, if you start the season out and these guys all hit, the guys that I just read off from their lineup card, if they hit and perform to expectations, you're really, really solid one through seven. You're going to be mm-hmm. happy with the production that you have there. Okay, Byron Buxton hitting at the bottom of the lineup in some lineups might, you know, you might raise an eyebrow. You might turn your head and say, you sure? Isn't this guy supposed to be a star for you? In this lineup that the Twins have, I could see this being a top five offense in the American League. That's not an exaggeration at all. So having him at the bottom is a luxury that the Twins have at this point. Another one of my optimistic Twins predictions, and it's part of the reason why I think they're going to win the division, is that Byron Buxton will be an all-star this season. Manny, what are your expectations for Byron Buxton going into this season? I think we need to see something closer to the Byron Buxton we saw towards the end of 2017, where he was legitimately one of the better players around Major League Baseball where he was hitting well and we know how fantastic he is with the glove. I think we need to see something closer to that. Something around, you know, if he can get the batting average up to, you know, 260, 265, something like that with a decent on base. I mean, because the best thing about Byron Buxton, if he gets on base, is the speed that he has. I mean, he can be an absolute weapon yes. if he can get on base, even if he's hitting singles. Yeah. Get on base. You you're a threat to steal bases. I mean, that's that's where that's the improvement I think that we need to see from him. It's just Byron, just find a way to get on base. Well, you know, you don't have to hit a bunch of home runs. Be nice if you did. Yeah, yeah. But just find Bonus. a way to get on base because you're a weapon once you get on the diamond. And even a step back from that, stay healthy. Yeah. I'd like to see 500, yeah. <laughs> 600 plate appearances from this guy this yes. season because that's an important part of his development. You mentioned the base running, Manny. 
When he got into the league, he was just a burner. Mm -hmm. He was just the fastest guy you've ever seen, and he was going to steal some bases. Even if he had to outrun a mistake, he was going to do it some of the time. He'd get caught, or he wouldn't get a good jump or a good read, and some guys would throw him out from time to time. Those days are basically over. Now I'm seeing a guy, even last year in an abbreviated stint, who can read pitchers, who knows what he's looking for in counts, who knows, okay, there's a decent chance this is a breaking ball. I got a chance to take a bag here standing up, and he yeah. was going to take that jump. Now that he has that part of the game down, boy, you get him on first base, you're right. It's basically a double because he's going to yeah. find a count. He's going to pick a pitch. He's going to take second base, and now he's in scoring position without having an extra base hit. And in addition to the speed, we saw a little more pop from his yeah. bat in spring training. Obviously, that probably has something to do with 21 pounds of muscle he packed on in the offseason. But also, it seems like, and you touched on this a little bit, a, a more a more patient approach at the plate in terms of his pitch selection and when he's going to swing, and he's cut way down on the check swings, and also just a quieter approach in terms of when he's standing in the batter's box, there's less movement, there's less movement in his swing, he's cut his step way down, and it's it's translated. Now it's spring training, sure, but you saw results from the changes that he made, both physically and in, in his approach at the plate. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious, you guys, because I asked Eric Falvey about him yesterday, and I'll get to his answer in a second, but I want to ask you two gentlemen. I don't really care what happens today. Like, if, if I'm the Twins, I don't care. It's Yeah, it's opening day, and it's festive, and it's fun. And, so fun. And we're here broadcasting at Kieran Jires Pub just across the street from Target Field, and it's a, it's a fun environment on opening day. But more important to the rest of the season is how those first couple of weeks play out, that first month, first two months. Are you guys going to be hyper-focused on Byron Buxton for, say, his first 50 plate appearances? Or do you think that even is too small? Just how are you feeling about the early goings for Byron Buxton and what it could mean for his season? I think because we saw him take some strides in the spring, I'm going to be looking at these first few weeks. Because I I, I want to see... Not necessarily the results, but I, I kind of want to see the body language. You know what I mean? I want to sure. see if he's, if he's still confident. Can he, you know, maintain? If he, if he gets off to a rough start with the bat, is he still approaching every at-bat the same way with the right kind of approach, or, is he, or does he start pressing? Does he start swinging at bad pitches too much? Does he start reverting back to some of the bad habits that we saw him get into early in his yeah. career? I think if, if he's struggling to get on base but he's still sticking with the same approach which is the right approach which is being patient being selective with the pitches that you that you offer at then I'll, I'll still have some pretty pretty high confidence because there. one of the things that a lot of people talked about during spring training including yourself Derek was he seemed not just physically with the 21 pounds of muscle but seemed like a different guy like Manny was talking about the body language and I think you're you're the one who said that he seemed like he finally felt like he belonged there in a major league clubhouse and as a guy who people expect something from in a major league clubhouse. And the, the expectations and the pressure of that mm-hmm. don't necessarily weigh on him now. He, he seems more ready for it, ready to accept it, and ready to own it and live up to it. And I, I think that's, that's a major hurdle for any professional athlete to overcome. And I think in baseball, confidence is, especially when you're standing in a batter's box facing a guy who's throwing 95-plus heat at you with motion, (laughs) confidence plays as big a role in Major League Baseball as it does in any sport. So I think that if he has really overcome that mental hurdle, and like Manny said, if he can take some of the stuff 
and body language and, and, and the attitude and, and, and the mindset into the regular season that he had during spring training, that makes a huge difference on the field. To that point, I asked Twins Chief Baseball Officer Derek Falvey yesterday about Byron Buxton because look, maybe he's not going to shine today. Who knows? It's opening day. Anything can happen. It's part of the fun of it. Certainly there are people... Uh, that we'll be watching with the Twins like newcomers, Jonathan Scope, Nelson Cruz, and Marwin Gonzalez, people that we're fixated on right? because it's new and because we want to learn about it. But but Byron's got to be at or near the top of everybody's list in terms of what are you watching for outcomes. So I asked Falvey about it, and he said, uh, just talking about his spring training, he said his performance line was tremendous. And while we look at that because it's a good confidence boost for a guy, it doesn't exactly drive our assessment of the spring. He continued later and said... Uh, he looks like he's playing with a confidence and certainly feels good. This is twin CBO Derek Falvey on Byron Buxton. Quote, I think his swing is in a good place. So now he knows he wants to get off to a good start to the season. And he's talked about that. But he's in a good place. He's in a healthy place. And we know we are our best team when Byron's at his best. End quote. I thought that was a really telling statement because you'd like to dial down the pressure by doing things like hitting him ninth and not talking about him too much, not making him a focal point. Hey, we got Nelson Cruz. But at the end of the day, everyone in the Twins front office, right up to the very top of it with Derek Falvey, knows that the Minnesota Twins are at their best if Byron Buxton performs to his peak expectation. He's the, he's the X factor. He's right? a huge I mean, he, X factor. He is really going to be the one that, you know, and maybe to a slightly lesser degree, you know, Miguel Sano falls into this category too of he is really going to be the one to determine the long-term direction of where this yeah. team is going to go yeah. and how how you view this team going going forward over the next you know four or five years yes you know alex kirilov is down in the system and the highly rated prospect and uh you know royce lewis the same the same thing but byron buxton is such a wild card right now that if he doesn't turn around turn it around then there's then you know Derek and Thad have to look at, you know, they have to reassess everything. Yes. You know, they have to think about, okay, well now they have to reassess the direction that this franchise is going to go in. And, you know, if they want to, you know, continue a, a more of a rebuild or if they want to, you know, try and be a contender over the next couple of years. The key to that competitive window opening for the Twins where they, they are they're battling for the AL Central and they're making noise in the playoffs and working their way towards being a World Series contender. When that window opens is largely contingent on Buxton and Sano. You need at least one of those guys, yes. if not both of them, for that window to open this year and carry on into next year. If if both of those guys don't live up to the expectations that the Twins had for them, you're maybe pushing the, the, the timeline back two years or maybe even three of when you open you really open that window of contending and and really competing yeah flip side it's really easy to see this team competing if those two guys click right yeah. exactly it's, it's really exactly easy. you got a stud center fielder holding it down for you taking doubles and turning them into outs yep. bringing down the whole pitching staff's era by himself ending innings ending games with his defense and then, as Manny mentioned earlier, getting on base, taking second, taking third, and scoring on a bloop to the outfield, that's a game changer, and it's a really easy path to contention 
I think, even through a difficult central, I think that the Twins are ripe to win if Byron Buxton is who we think that he can be. So I, I don't think it's wrong for Derek Falvey to, to, to yeah, say no, that yeah. and, and to put that on him. That's the reality of it. And you can try to take pressure off him yeah. all you want by putting him down in the bottom of the order. But Byron Buxton, he knows. He knows. He knows, he knows what's up. He knows how much rests yeah, on his shoulders right, right now. And hopefully, what, like I said, what we saw in spring training carries over into the regular season, and he is ready to carry that really, really heavy weight that you're one of the cornerstones and, and keys to a Major League Baseball franchise. No hiding from it. No, there's, no there's hiding from absolutely it. no hiding from it. And it starts today. Yep. It starts today because I'm curious to see, as Manny mentioned, does that pressure build, or is this something he's just ready to deal with? Is he capable? Last year, people are going to point to the performance and say, clearly he's not. They're going to say, this is his critics. Nope, this guy can't hit. Contact issues are going to be too big of a problem. Yeah, he's got great defense. Cool, you're a fourth outfielder. That's, mm-hmm. that's what his critics are going to say. What I would say is you can look at last year and say, yeah, he had a tough year. But it was 94 plate appearances. That's it. It was only 94 plate appearances. He was hurt basically the whole year. Yeah. It's nearly impossible to overcome that kind of adversity for anybody, for the best, most established players in Major League Baseball. Forget about being 25 and never really having done it for a full summer. And that goes back to your original point about him staying healthy because every time with him, maybe with the exception of like the end of 2017, every time when it seems like maybe he's going to start to get it going, you know, an injury happens. He crashes into a wall in center field and gets hurt or, you know, something happens with him running along the base pads or something like that. If he can just find a way to put together a full season where he's – at minimum, he's on the DL maybe one time for sure, something minor. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But for the most part, he can give you at least 135, 140 yeah. games in a full season. That you know, we haven't <laughs> seen him do that yet right, hey, at the major league level. He crashes into center field walls all the time, and he added a little bit of weight this year, this off season, to try to combat getting hurt from that. Hey, if I'm going to crash into walls, I'm going to want a little bit more cushion more padding he said so that he doesn't get hurt my solution to not getting hurt crashing into center field walls is super simple i've been doing it my whole life just don't crash into center field walls <laughs> don't have do you avoided that. injury doing that yeah i've never okay. once been hurt crashing into a major league center field wall i promise you it's never happened that's great yeah that's, I'm, that's I'm, great advice i don't want to jinx it or anything like that but i'm on quite a streak that is great advice <laughs> i'm gonna take I, that advice yeah you I'm gonna not run into center field walls manny how about byron maybe byron's listening too and uh, <laughs> it would prevent injury it would keep him on the field for longer i, I do wonder if a guy like tory hunter being around the organization now if he's if byron has maybe had some conversations with Tori about that because Tori, for the most part, except for that maybe that one time in 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 uh, Fenway, I think where he got he got hurt in center field trying to make a catch. Tori, for the most part, stayed healthy. Yeah. for his yeah, entire career. Right. And I wonder if Byron can somehow reach out to Tori and just say, "Hey, how did you manage to keep yourself healthy for so long, playing that position, and still be?" elite at playing that position and defensively. don't ask Carlos Gomez that question no. because uh, <laughs> he doesn't have it. He should take Derek's advice of not running into walls. Right. Just stop doing just it. Just don't do it. And if Byron Buxton is listening, he's probably listening in one of three ways, guys. You have the Score North mobile app available in the Apple and Google Play stores. You can type in live.scorenorth, S-K-O-R, north, into your web browser. And if you have an Amazon Alexa 
device. Just say Alexa, open score north. We're also available on Spotify, and we're streaming live right now on Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch, all at SKOR North. It's Touch Em All. It's opening day. We're live from Kieran's Irish Pub for Twins opening day. We want to hear from you on opening day. Just tell us how you're feeling about this twin season, how you're feeling about opening day. If you've had a few pops, try and keep it FCC compliant and give us a call at 651-646-8255 or tweet us at Score North. And if you're out here at Kieran's, stop by and say hi. If you don't have tickets to the game, stop by and say hi and watch the game with us. Score North live out here up until 6 o'clock. We'll have uh, Matthew Collar coming up at 2. Mackie and Judd with Rami at 4. We'll be out here watching the game. And Dave St. Peter, Twins president, joins us at 1 o'clock. I want to get into just how the Twins do what we were just talking about, and that's win the AL Central. We'll have that discussion next. And again, you can get in at 651-646-8255 on Touch Em All right after this. Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. Touch them all on Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. Live from Kieran's Irish Pub for Twins opening day. A na- it should be a national holiday. <laughs> it really, it really should. should. It should be. Our government is wasting a lot of time and money doing a lot of stupid things right now. I mean, they're arresting people for paying college athletes right now and wiretapping them. Can, can a congressman waste a day on the floor of our, of our Capitol and propose, put forth a motion, if you will, to make Major League Baseball? Baseball opening day, national holiday. Look, I know technically it started because of the series they played in Japan between the A's and the Mariners, but yeah, I don't recognize that. Same here. I'm looking up at the TV and I see Yankees and Orioles, and now we're underway. Now it's opening yes. day. Here we are. Right. Yes, we've here arrived. we are on American soil. It is opening day here in America. <laughs> arrive. Want to hear from you at 651-646-8255 or tweet us at Score North and get in on Touch Em All. And the question on the table right now is just how do the Twins win the AL Central. 651-646-8255 or tweet us at Score North. Manny, give us a couple of things that you think need to happen for this Twins team to win the AL Central. I think really, I mean, aside from, you know, Byron Buxton and Miguel Sano living up to what we hope that they can be, I think it's going to be really important for the Twins to dominate the teams in this division that they should dominate. You've got three teams that are figure to be at least three teams that figure to be below you in the standings. We're talking about the Chicago White Sox, the Kansas City Royals, and the Detroit Tigers. You need to you need to beat those teams more than you lose to them during the season. And I'm thinking, I'm looking at Kansas City and Detroit specifically. You play them 19 times. I think you need to go 13 and six or better against both of those teams to put yourself in a position to to compete for this division. And, and you know, and even a team like Chicago who. You know, they, there's some upside with them. They've got some young players, and, you know, they figure to maybe be a little bit better, but still not a serious contender for the division. I mean, you gotta, you got to find a way to win more games against them than you lose. I do think that the White Sox, I'm not saying that they will, but I think that the potential is there for them to surprise some people this year. With, with starting the season with Eloy Jimenez yep. um, in their lineup and, and in the big leagues on opening day because he signed these sort of team-friendly extension and he's sort of he's 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 sort of the guy who's leading the charge in terms of some of this really good young talent that the White Sox have coming up through their system and some of that talent is going to be making its way to the major leagues this year and I think that they not that they'll be in contention for the division but maybe not 
maybe not one of those teams that you get fat on in the division like like a lot of people are thinking. I do think that the Royals and the and the Tigers are those types of teams. I just think the White Sox will be a, a, a tougher out, if you will, than, than maybe a lot of people think they will. 17-2 and two against all three of them. <laughs> <laughs> 17-2 against all three of them. They make it 51-6. and six. <laughs> yeah, those three pretty, pretty good That'd start pretty good. to this thing. <laughs> That'd be all right. I, I kind of look at it as it's the haves and the have-nots in this division. I'm kind of more with Manny on this. All due respect to the Southsiders, I just don't see them being in the same class as the Minnesota Twins right now. Mm-hmm. The Twins have more talent on paper. They have more experience. Um, I'm curious to see how first-year manager plays out, but, look, I don't think that's going to shape a pennant race. I don't think it's going to shape a division race. I think you've got the Indians and the Twins duking it out and trying to get fat on the rest of the teams in the division. So after that, after you do go 17-2 and against all three of those teams, then it comes down to me, honestly, I'm not a guy who looks at head-to-head matchups that often in baseball, especially not in March. But how you play against the Cleveland Indians matters yep. a lot this year. If you win your fair share and then some against those guys, it makes it a much easier battle come September. If you're a doormat for the division favorites, quote-unquote, in Cleveland, it's a tough slog because you've just got to win that many more games against other teams. Why don't you take care of business in this opening series and try to take two or three from the Tribe? And that actually leads right into what I was going to say when it comes to the head-to-head with the Indians and and. You don't want to look at standings early on in the season very often, but I think this is a season where it's important what happens in the standings early on because I really believe hearing everything that we heard out of Cleveland this offseason and looking at the inactivity of that team in free agency and trades and everything else, that they're pretty close to closing the books on on this era of Indians baseball and almost ready for a teardown and rebuild and, and to sort of start over in Cleveland. I mean, why else do you have Corey Kluber and Trevor Bauer on the on the trade block yeah. un- unless you're really considering, like I said, closing this, this as to borrow a term I used in the first segment, this competitive window. And I think that if the Twins get off to a hot start and, and can maybe even take a nice little lead in the AL Central early on if the Indians get off to a slow start, before you know it, we'll be talking about the Indians being sellers at yeah. the trade deadline. That trade deadline and the rumors surrounding it come a lot quicker than, than it might seem on, on, what are we, March 28th, opening day? <laughs> yeah. Those trade rumors start, start circling around up. A, ab- a lot sooner than, yeah. than, than it might feel like today. So I think that a hot start from the Indians, or excuse me, a hot start from the Twins and a slow start from the Indians yeah. could yeah. have a huge impact in, in terms of the way that the Indians are looking at the season and, and what, what's the next step that they'll take. In some ways, this year kind of reminds me of, and Derek, you'll probably remember this, back in 2001. Remember when the Twins got off to that really good start in 2001? I think they might have even had the best record in baseball at the All-Star break in 2001. And then they made the trade for for Rick Reed. They traded Matt Lawton to the Mets for Rick Reed. And, you know, and the Twins, you know, eventually kind of fell off in the second half of the season. But... The, that Indians team back then, it was kind of that last hurrah for like the Jim Tomey, um, Omar Vizquel type of group of the of the Cleveland Indians back yeah, yeah. then, where they were really good and they were competing and they were going to World Series and ALCSs and things like that. But that was kind of the last gasp for them. And then the next year, the Twins took over and then started to dominate the AL Central for for a few years. Now I don't know if 
you know, I'm not saying the Twins are going to have the best record in baseball at the All-Star break or anything like that in 2019. <laughs> write it down, but, Manny. Write it down. But it, but it kind of, this season kind of has that same sort of feel where the Twins are knocking on the door sure. for the division. They're there, but maybe not quite there yet. And the Indians are still, even though the Indians maybe for this era of players is kind of on their last leg that they're still maybe a notch ahead. What do you guys make of the complacency of the Indians this offseason? Like what what do you what do you, what do you think is the is the intention behind that? Well, I think it's arrogance. Am I you think it's arrogance? Yeah. So you think I'm misreading it. You think oh, so. it, you think cuz I think it's a team that's teetering on the decision oh. of whether or not they want to com- continue to compete right now yeah, I don't or pull the plug on it and start selling no, pieces so off. So I'm off on you guys a little bit. Where we disagree is I think this is still a good core for Cleveland. And I think why you'd trade uh, Trevor Bauer, for example, despite the fact that I'm picking him to win the American League Cy Young, mm-hmm. you might trade him because, well, we've got four other starters that we really, really like. And if this guy's not going to sign long-term, which he's already said he's not going to do, might as well try to capture some value on that while you can. Where I say that it's arrogance is I think they looked at this winner, guys, and said, huh, it's kind of us and everybody else. Yeah, okay, cool. The Twins got a DH. Good for you. We're still so comfortably ahead See, of them. Look at the left side of our infield. Look at Francisco Lindor. Look at Jose Ramirez. Look at our starting staff. We got Brad Hand. We're going to win this division running away. Why would we need to add? That's how I read this But, but where are they at with Lindor, though? Like They just told their fans, enjoy yeah, like, him. That, yes. like, that's like, where they're at with Lindor. I mean, in other words, he's gone in three years. But that's, that's kind of my thing. Like To me, it seems like if they feel like this core is like here for the long run like they're thinking about they would be thinking about trying to keep him around even well, they longer are. But they've tried last winter they extended him reportedly an offer worth more than 100 million dollars this winter down. guarantee they did tried to do the same thing yeah. and he's just a guy probably smartly realizes his price is only going up yeah and he's gonna get paid if he gets to free agency so these team-friendly extensions that you're seeing in a couple of franchises around Major League Baseball, we've seen an extension spree the past two, three weeks. Mm-hmm. I think there are some guys who are immune to that and saying, yeah, yeah, I could take some tens of millions of dollars. I could take this money right now. But you see what Mike Trout just did? Yeah. You see what some of these guys are doing in free agency? The Bryce Harpers, and the Manny Machados? Also. I think some of these guys are ready to bet on themselves. I don't think a Bryce Harper, or I mean, excuse me, a uh, Scott Boris guy has, has done that yet, a team-friendly extension. If memory serves me correctly. Yeah, I'm trying to think if any, any a lot of, of the people guys are who've thinking, done it. A lot of people are thinking Chris Bryant might be one, one of the next couple of guys in line for okay. one of those extensions, sure. buy out some of the arbitration years. And I really I don't see that happen because sure. Scott Boris is his agent. And sure. he's that's not how he plays ball, so to speak. But yeah. going, that, going back to the Indians, the way I see it, whether it's what you're saying or whether it's what I'm saying, good for the Twins. Yeah, exactly right. Either way, yeah. Minnesota's put itself in a position to, I'm not saying win the division running away or anything like that. I think it'll be a fun race. It's going to be a fun summer. But put themselves in the position to at least be in the conversation. And to Manny's point, if you're in the conversation on July 1, you're in the conversation, period. Right. That's the end of it. Because if it's what you're saying, then and they're taking the Twins lightly, I think they got another thing coming. I think this is a baseball team that will go blow for blow for the, with the Indians all season long. If it's what I'm saying, obviously that's very good for the Twins right. because the White Sox, Tigers, and Royals being what they are, if the Indians decide it's time to sell off and close their competitive window, it's, it's your division. Yeah. 
almost easily for the taking. I kind of see it the next three years playing out sort of similar to this summer. I think that the, the Indians are ready to maintain some winning. Now, if they're not going to throttle down and add, if they're not going to extend Lindor, okay, that, that hurts what their long-term, their 10-year future looks like. But over the next three years, I think this is a club that's going to be a 90-plus win team, automatic, and then you figure it out from there. On the flip side, I also see the Twins as entering that conversation. So to me, it's not Indians fading, Twins rising, rain over the division for the next eight years. I think it's Indians, weird winter, I don't quite get it, I don't understand, I don't agree with their logic, but Twins on the ascent, and those are going to be the two teams duking it out, not only this summer, guys, but I think for the next two, three years beyond this as well. You think the White Sox are that far away from... I do, I just... Or you I'm, just don't believe in what I'm they're doing, I'm a show-me guy, I'm a show-me <laughs> guy. Like, it's cool to have a lot of prospects, good, you know, good for the San Diego Padres to stockpile it and try to team them up with Eric Hosmer and Manny Machado and try to marry those two things up and win a division. I just know from years and years and years of being fascinated by prospects that you can look at a top 10 list in Major League Baseball right now and say, yeah, three of those guys won't make the big leagues. White Sox do with those guys. Too, though, they really they? do. And yeah. these guys, some of them will make a huge impact. Like, I think the Twins have two of those guys right now. We could talk about that at some point. Royce Lewis and Alex Kirilov are a big reason why I'm optimistic for the five, 10-year future of the Minnesota Twins. But do I think that they're that's a, a sure lock. fired right. like, yeah like multi-time all-star slash hall of fame caliber player yeah maybe i mean they're in that discussion but it's so early to say that and that's why i say the white Sox. cool that you've got the prospects and i think that's a good spot for them to be it's what they need to be doing right now from a strategic standpoint but i'm not ready to say this rebuild's gonna work or that it's a year away and then contending and then i look at the tigers and the royals and i think yep tear it down, strip it down to the studs, <laughs> just rebuild, get that number one draft pick this summer. It's going to be a long haul, and it's it's too bad. But both of those franchises experienced a lot of winning in recent years, so it's hard to feel too terribly bad for their fan bases, but it's it's full teardown mode in both of those cities, and I, I don't see it being close. I hope for, because I really like Ron Gardner a lot, I hope that the Tigers stick with him. Oh yeah, for, for a while. Well, because they knew they're, this they're, was coming, right? Yeah, I think I I I hope they did because <laughs> well, I, I think I I think Gardy is still a very good manager, and it you know it, it 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 was kind of a rough ending for him here the last the last few years before they let him go. But I just hope that they stick with him for a few years and that they don't just decide to move on like after next year of being yeah. bad because they're they're a ways away the Tigers are from really I mean, even being relevant. I know Ron Gardner had a great time here in minnesota and he's a fan favorite and everything but he's the enemy now guys we that's right we hope the tigers make the worst decision possible when it comes to ron garden hire that's that's what we're rooting for now that we don't we 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 have no soft feelings for Ron. exactly business exactly it is business we're at war here pick a side manny that's what i say i'm not even joking when i said earlier go 17 and 2 against those guys you're not going to go 17 and 2 but can you get close can you pad your win total against those teams obviously 15 and four it matters a lot what you do against the rest of baseball obviously you can't just get swept by the yankees get swept by the red sox get swept by the astros and oh if we win the games in our division it's not that simple but if you do win the games in your division and you hold your own against what i consider a superpower like the indians 
A, that means the math works in your favor, but B, it means you're just a good team. Good teams get that done. I think we'll see the Twins do that this summer. You got, you got 57 games against those three teams, the White Sox, get the Royals, done. and the Tigers. Get a good record in those 57 games. Get it and done. Then I think, and I think you're, you're putting yourself in the conversation for, uh, for certainly for winning this division. I know I already went on this little tirade yesterday, but I just don't see the Indians as a super team. That's fair. I don't see. Manny, am I crazy? I well, don't yes. see what people know yeah, on I this. I don't mean just in general. Yeah, like, I mean on this. In general, <laughs> well, yes. Away from yes that obviously. obviously. <laughs> yes. But I'm just talking about on this. I don't see what people see in this in, in this Indians team. I look at it. I see a team that won 90 games last year, got worse in the offseason through some guys who they lost in free agency, while the rest of the division, yes, the, the Indians, the Royals, excuse me, the Tigers, Royals, and White Sox are still kind of teams you can beat up on but the White Sox should be a little bit better just based on development and improvement from within and the Twins are very much improved and yet somehow people see 90 to 9 I've seen predictions between 90 and 93 wins for the Cleveland Indians this year I just don't see where they gain wins doing that simple math of they got worse and the division got better around them in the offseason I, I don't think you're crazy but if you're asking me to, to, to make a bet on who wins the division, I, I, I would put my money on the Cleveland Indians. Just because I like my money. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, think, I think you do have to factor in the experience factor that they have. I mean, this is a team that has been making the playoffs and, yeah. you know, winning American, winning American League pennant, you know, three years ago. This is a team that's, that's pretty battle-tested. And they're not, you know, they're not – old i mean their best players are not you know i mean kluber i guess is kind of getting up there in, in his 30s and everything but you know bauer's still a pretty young guy lindor ramirez they're all still pretty young guys i i would still i mean just because of the, the battle tested factor that they have the manager is fantastic i i would still bet my money on the indians winning this division but i do think i do think that the twins will keep this thing close i really do here's a good thing for the twins I said superpower, and that's maybe I'm stretching it a little bit. That could be exaggerating, but I'm with Manny. I think the Indians are the favorite. The Twins can get themselves within striking distance, and the Twins might even win this thing. The good thing for Minnesota is that the Cleveland Indians did not throttle down this winter, to your point, Rami, and that they're not in the same class, in my opinion, as the Yankees, as the Red Sox, right. and as the Astros. Right. If you had yep. to go beat one of those if teams, we were in one of those divisions, good luck. I don't know if I'd have this excitement for yeah. opening. I still would. It's still opening day, <laughs> man. No, I don't. It still I said be that at the start. Holiday. I don't care what expectations are. This I, is a great day. I just look at those three teams as being the class of baseball, and... Wow, are they going to be good for the next three to five years? So yeah. if you're overcoming a team like that in your division, like I feel for the Rays, some people projecting them to be a wild card team this year, won 90 games last year. They could be pretty good again. They just extended their Cy Young winner. Great, happy times. But you got to go toe-to-toe with the New York Yankees and the Boston Red Sox, who, by the way, are back to being baseball's superpowers, and that would be a scary proposition. Yeah, that Yankees bullpen. I saw them talking mm-hmm. about it this morning on SportsCenter, and that is just... Yikes. It's scary. It's like, fair. if you're an opposing lineup, it's just scary. Like, it's, you're probably okay in July. You'd be like, okay, we could steal some from these guys. Right. But you got to beat them in a five-game series. you got to beat them oh. in a seven-game series. Forget With it. With that pitching, good luck. It's so scary. It's uh, Touch Em All, part of our deep, deep lineup of Twins shows here on Score North, including the Glenn Perkins show, which was just added. Derek and I will be doing another Five Thoughts podcast tomorrow, all available on scorenorth.com. 
or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Just search Score North Twins Show on Apple or Spotify or download the Score North mobile app available in the Apple and Google Play stores. We'll hit a quick break. On the other side, I know I'm springing this on you, but do you guys have a great opening day memory? I have a great opening day memory that I'd like to share, and maybe we can have a little story time here on Touch Em All if you guys have your own. We'll be back right after this. We're live from Kieran's Irish Pub for Twins Opening Day. Touch Em All on scorenorth.com and Score North on 1500. Touch them all on Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. Live from Kieran's Irish Pub for Twins opening day. I can hardly contain myself. We'll have a Mackie and Judd with Rami edition of Touch Em All in the 1 o'clock hour here on Score North, including Dave St. Peter, Twins president, joining us right at the top of the hour at 1 o'clock. He'll be out here. We're out here all day long until 6 o'clock. Matthew Collar will have a Score North Live from 2 until 4. Then uh, Mackie and Judd with Rami will be watching the Twins with you out here at Kieran's Irish Pub. If you don't have a ticket to the game, make your way out here. Great atmosphere out here at Kieran's Irish Pub. It's almost like you're in Target Field. It's electric in here. It's electric all around Target Field. And the city of Minneapolis, and uh, this is my first opening day here, guys. Yeah, welcome. Pretty outstanding. Just driving around, looking for parking, which, again, I eventually paid $25 for happily because it is opening day. I <laughs> happily paid that $25, even though I keep bringing it up. But it really is. I, I'm a I'm a Chicago Chicago native and a Cubs fan uh, by, by just by nature. I was born that way, and it has, and I felt it a little bit before I was even here for a game day, but... The park being right in the middle of the city, it has a little bit of that same feel of people walking the streets, and you can really feel the electricity on a game day, but especially on opening day. Well, and a lot like Wrigley Field, Rami, this place is great right across the street here talking Target Field because there's no roof on it. Right. It's fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. Sure. And you just knew, you just knew the weather on March 28th was going to be beautiful. What's the weather right now? The weekend weather coming into this. Yeah. I could not have imagined that three okay. weeks earlier. It's up to 55. Okay. Sorry. Right. I get back from Fort Myers. I spent three and a half weeks there covering the Twins. For it's going to be 42 North. and 40 on the weekend. That's not really. It's fine. Uh, Talk to me in July and ask if you want the overhang of a roof there. I'm just saying. I got back from Fort Myers uh, early March, and I was wrestling with the snowblower, and I'm thinking to myself, three weeks? Are you kidding me? They're not going to play a target field. They're going to have to call the Vikings and see if they can play inside U.S. Bank Stadium or <laughs> head down to the Trop and be like, yo, can we borrow your ballpark for a couple of days? But to the weather's credit, it has really turned around, and it has really turned around in a hurry. It's going to be a great day for baseball today. I'm, I'm really looking forward it to is. it. It is, and I want to give you guys uh, one of my favorite opening day memories before uh, we make the, the shift change coming up here at 1 o'clock, but wanted to carry on the conversation of just how the Indians win the AL Central for a few more minutes. And if you want to get in on it, 651-646-8255 or tweet us at Score North and get in on Touch Em All. One of the biggest things for me, guys, and it's it's a, a term I keep on using and I'll continue to keep on using because I think it's important for this Twins team, is improvement from within. And I think a lot of that is going to come from the coaching and systems that they have in place analytically, biomechanically, that they've really overhauled over the last couple of years here in the Twins organization. And I think that that's how, in a market like Minnesota, when you're trying to make a move on a team as accomplished as the Minnesota Indians, that you really accelerate that process by finding diamonds in the rough and getting performance out of guys that other teams either weren't getting or you weren't getting in previous incarnations of, of these systems 
that we're talking about. I think that I, I have a lot of confidence, and based on just what I've read and heard, we don't know until we see it in action, but I have a lot of confidence in Falvey and Levine down to Baldelli and Wes Johnson, the pitching coach especially, in terms of getting this info to the guys in a way that's digestible and usable and effective on a baseball field. Yeah, I think it helps your talent play up when you can get that message through to those guys. Hey, you know, Barrios still has to go out and pitch. Right. He's the one that has to get it done. Or let's use another example. Martin Perez still has to go out and pitch. It's not just like, oh, analytics, there you go. Right. And no analytics person is saying that. Nobody would ever argue that. But if you can get it to the point where, all right, here's what we want you to do, Martin. This is why we think you are great at what you do. If he can buy into that belief, and let's say this too, that belief has to be correct. Like they have to be right about their theories. Then you've got a winning strategy. But if you don't have the strategies, if you if you haven't figured out how this guy's stuff plays up to his best ability, how to get the most out of him, Wes Johnson, the new pitching coach, is like a biomechanics wonk. Mm-hmm. And so he's he's getting extra miles an hour out of guys' fastballs already. We've seen a couple examples in Twins camp. It's going to be fascinating to see that play out over the course of a summer because if you can take that and say, all right, this guy, he's 5% better. This guy, he's 10% better. Boom, this guy, light bulb went on. He's 50% better, and now he's a usable arm for us. That's going to help raise the water level of the whole thing. I do think I, I sent you guys over five keys for the Twins to win the Central this year, and one of them was going to be that they could get there with their development from within, and I'm talking the coaching staff specifically. I'm really glad that you brought that up. It was one that I left off of my list, but it was like right there, and I thought, do I include this or is that too cheesy? No, it's not too cheesy. I think I'm it's, glad you brought it up. I think up. it's really important. I it's think big. I think that's one of the things that has to happen this year if they're going to win the AL Central. You can't fight yourself. That has to work. You Those systems yes. have to be effective for them to win this division you this year. You can't beat up yourself. You can't start behind the eight ball, so to speak, and still overcome a team that won 91 games last year. It's too steep of a climb if you're getting in your own way. So the Twins, the way I see it from Fort Myers anyways, they are getting out of their own way. They are putting in these systems to help get the best out of their players. I'm fascinated to see it play out over the summer. What do you guys think about Kyle Gibson? Because it seemed like I last like year, it, it seemed like last year Kyle kind of clicked finally, a little kinda, bit. He, he, he seemed like he finally figured it out how to you know turn himself into a pretty good pitcher. Do you guys think that that's going to continue on in the next? I year, do. Into this year, he's technically he's their fourth starter. Mm-hmm. He's not going to pitch this opening series. He's going to start that first game in Kansas City. I think that has way more to do with him getting a late start to spring training than it does him being actually their fourth best starter. I view him right now. It's Barrios and then Kyle Gibson. I think Mm -hmm. he's their second-best starter. I have high expectations for him this year because you look at what he did in 2018, pretty much a full season of solid mid-rotation starter. I'd even rewind the clock a little bit further back. His last 10, 12 starts in 2017, he was a different kind of pitcher. He was using his fastball up, helped his breaking stuff play, more swing and miss in the zone. He was a better pitcher and sustained it over the course of almost 45 starts now. That's good enough for me. I'm betting on this guy this year uh, in his final season before free agency. I think he's going to be a good pitcher for the Twins. Yeah, I really, I'm right there with Derek. I, yeah. I believe in Kyle Gibson. Again, to be good enough to be your, a, a, a good fourth starter yeah. and maybe even a guy who's solid enough to be a three starter yeah, in some rotation. But other, I don't have higher expectations for him than that. But you need those guys. Right. Yeah. I think a lot of the times baseball fans and and not just here in, in Minnesota, but around around Major League Baseball, 
we get in a bubble and you forget that a guy is a four pitcher and you want everybody in your rotation to be a one or a two yes. or to be good enough to be a one or a two. Want them all to win 20 but, games yeah, a year. Yeah. To, to, to be a successful baseball team, you have to have a guy who's good for a four. You know what I mean? Yeah, and a guy right. who's good for a five. You're not going to have ones and twos be up better, and down your rotation. Be better than the other guys for. Exactly. That's, yeah. like, right. that's your job. Exactly. You're Jake Odorizzi. Your job is not to be a Cy Young winner necessarily. Yep. It'd be great. You'd take that if you're the sure. Twins. Yeah. Your job is to beat the other number three, number four guys on the other side. It's going to be tough with Cleveland because their number five guy is excellent. I think, with, I think with Jake Odorizzi, I think we're just... We just need to find out, can he get past six innings or get past five innings on a regular basis? Or use an opener. (laughs) You've got some options for him. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I think that he is going to be, and not Odorizzi specifically, but you bring up the pitching staff, and I'd like to stretch that out. I'd say for the Twins to win the Central, they need to get what they're expecting out of their pitching staff, not what we on the outside are expecting. I can tell you from being down there for a little bit in spring training, the Twins are higher on their pitchers than we are. I mean, even the optimists among us who are saying like, oh, yeah, Michael Pineda, he's definitely going to bounce back in 32 starts this year. No problem. The Twins as a whole are looking at their rotation, and not just one through five, but I mean six, seven, eight, nine, ten, the guys who are inevitably going to start games for them this summer. They look at that group as a, an accomplished group and something that they rest their hats on and say, this is going to be a good unit for us. Even more so than I said, even the optimistic Twins fans are viewing it. So if that plays out, the Twins are going to be in a really, really good spot. And that's got to happen for them to win this division. Absolutely. All right, real quick, before uh, we swap you guys out for Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad for hour number two of Touch Em All, live from Kieran's Irish Pub for Twins opening day. And Dave St. Peter will join us at the top of the hour. Do you guys have opening day memories, opening day stories? I Anything don't. at all? Like, okay. I, I love opening day. I hear the you music, which one. means we got a break. So I'll do mine real quick. 1994, fat little 13-year-old Rami Makhlouf sitting in the absolute last seat in the last row down the left field line in Wrigley Field. Watches Tuffy Rhodes hit three home runs. The first National League <laughs> player to ever do it. He go. goes on to be the all-time home run king in the Nippon Baseball League in Japan. Wow. You know how many home runs he hit in Major League Baseball? Three. Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> Call of Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait, what rewards? A Dew Operator skin. Man, I love Operator skins. Dual double XP, and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents, 17 plus. Call of Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 and 23.